Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. On this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Sharam Youssefi, and I met him at the Healthcare Burnout Symposium Conference in San Francisco. He was a friendly face in the crowd because let's just be honest, that conference was pretty dark. But what's cool about him is he is creating a new future for healthcare scheduling. Now, before you think, eh, what does this matter? This touches on all the elements of proper flow. You see, when you're burned out, it feels like you have lost your autonomy, you're exhausted, what you do doesn't matter, you have low perceived personal achievement, no agency, no autonomy, and he's bringing it back. He co-founded multiple companies, but Mesh AI is his current baby. He is a professor and he is well-versed in over 20 years of research in how to make augmented intelligence rather than AI as we know as artificial intelligence, how to make AI work for you. And what Mesh AI does is it serves healthcare teams in Canada, US, and as far away as Australia since 2018 by giving practitioners autonomy to create their own schedules in one click. It's revolutionizing your healthcare team. So take a listen to Dr. Sharam and my conversation on Mesh AI and how his personal story will get you thinking about the end consequences of burnout and fatigue and how scheduling, something as simple as scheduling, can make all the difference in the world to catalyze a new transformation in healthcare. I am so excited Dr. Sharam is in the house. I am excited to interview you very selfishly because we met at the Healthcare Burnout Symposium in San Francisco, and it has gone down in history as the hardest symposium that I think I've ever attended. This conference was pretty dark, and in between sessions, you were a friendly face that I enjoyed talking to because you provide a solution to the complex puzzle piece that is burnout. And there isn't one cause or one solution, but boy, what you do is revolutionizing what I wish I had when I was a resident or a young doctor. So please introduce yourself, Dr. Sharam. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Laura, for that kind introduction. Um, I have to say the feelings are mutual. Um, uh, again, it was a conference that had a lot of dark and uh, disappointing messaging and data points to uh, digest and go home with. But it was wonderful to see a physician who comes from a background that is both artistic and clinical and really bringing both, both, both words together to, to really educate the community about some of the problems that we're dealing with, that we're struggling with and potential solutions that are ahead of us to do better with the right. limited resources we have. So that was really exciting. Uh, in terms of my background, I am an academic, uh, uh, Laura, um, and uh, you know, for the past 20 years, I've been a professor at a number of universities. 
uh, Queen's University in Canada, UC Santa Cruz in California. I, I've had a I've held a position at Jilin University in China, which is the largest university in China, as well as Ecole Polytechnique Fédérale de Lausanne, EPFL in Lausanne, Switzerland. And uh, you could say up to, you know, maybe uh, 2008, about 14 years ago, I was your typical academic doing research publishing and, you know, doing patents and papers until I had, you know, a, a less than pleasant, if I may, uh, exposure to healthcare in Canada that uh, changed my life. And here I am today as a, as a healthcare entrepreneur. That's amazing to have a story that's rooted in an unfortunate experience. I'm grateful to you for using that for post-traumatic growth. You know, I mean, I'm sad that you had to have a an, an outcome that was not as, like you said, favorable, wasn't very pleasant, but it's driven you. Can you, do you mind sharing a little bit about what made you, you know, do what you're doing now? What was that catalyst? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the long story um, being compacted to just a minute or two, I had a, um, a minor, relatively minor healthcare issue, if you if you can call it DVT. Uh, that, <laughs> so yeah. um, other than that, perfectly healthy, and I had to go through the healthcare system, and um, you know it wasn't um, as bad. I survived that and a pulmonary embolism, a PE that per- oh. uh, that that came afterwards. But what really got me close to possibly not being here today with you, Laura, was a medical error. And um, that medical error took some time for us to, to figure out where it was coming from. But if I want to simplify it, and in life, we need to stereotype and simplify so that we can have some solutions. Yes. Bottom line was overly worked, uh, overly exhausted nurse who gave me the wrong medication. And uh, when I figured that out, my first reaction was absolute anger and uh, disappointment. Absolutely. But it took a little bit more digging and reading into healthcare and healthcare becoming my first favorite bedtime story and then becoming my life to really appreciate that she was a victim, as much a victim as I was at that point in time. And I think that being the person I am changed me from being an angry person to a person who's now dedicated his life to make life better for clinicians, because I think we don't take care of them. Uh, there's nobody to take care of our parents and children and families. So wow. that's where I am. Sharam, that's beautiful. And so true and poignant that, you know, we, when something unfortunate happens, it is, it is easier for us to dip into that anger and and it's okay to feel angry and process. And it's unfortunate, but you found that compassion that it sounds like it's healed you as well as holding space for that practitioner, that nurse who is, is a victim of the system. You're right. The system is broken. The system is not going to change in our lifetime, but these seeds that we're planting, I have a full, uh, you know, optimism that it's only going to bear great fruition in the future that years down the line, this will hopefully be something that are, is more of a dark ages of medicine, that this is a time when, you know, I, I remember paper charts. And then as we introduced computers, that was excellent, but we didn't yet have tools to help. And so we're in this crunch period where people are just burning out from all the tasks and you're using and embracing AI to help, you know, help us, you know, kind of offload some of these tasks. Like one of the things I remember in residency and mm-hmm. in um, it's just any in active practice is the redundancy and just <clears throat> non-simplification of the call schedules. I mean, how much time that would take from people and admin and, and just some of these practices, we, we tend to shun computers and technology, but they're becoming 
a wonderful asset to to alleviate the burden in our lives. Tell me more about Mesh AI. I would love to hear how this came about with all of the expertise you have, which is pretty incredible. I love how you've centered on this. Absolutely. Um, I think I think to do what we do, especially trying to help healthcare system that some people say it's broken, some people say it's designed to work this way uh, mm-hmm. or be sure. broken. Um, you you need stamina. You need uh, you need passion. Really, it's not easy. And I think I appreciate what physicians do a lot more. And I know, uh, given what you do, you must have a lot of passion to be in the business you're in, uh, because you know dealing with healthcare as a whole being clinician or being an entrepreneur is equally challenging. Sure. And w- what I learned was that when we, when, when that happened to me, you know, I was on medical leave and I used that time to start looking into this problem. And so technically speaking, I knew I could deal with that problem because it's a it's, mathematically speaking is a constant satisfaction problem. The problem of coming up with a shift rotation schedule call structure that that works. Um, so that's a tough problem. We know mathematically those are the hardest problems humanity deals with. They call them a computer science or computational complexity, non-deterministic polynomial part, wow. NP part. Those are, <laughs> yeah, it's a fancy way to say these are the hardest problems humanity knows. Wow. Um, meaning that when you add more people to a team, more residents, more yes. physicians, it, the problem doesn't double when you double the team. The, the problem might be 10 times, 100 times exponential. Right. Exactly. So that's the sort of thing I've been doing for 20 years, but not in healthcare and human resource scheduling. I've been working on telecom where we do bandwidth allocation for cellular systems. It's a very similar problem because we have Mm -hmm. to give, you know, when when I'm making a phone call on my phone, I want to talk to uh, you, you, uh, Laura, Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to be given a bandwidth particular frequency for my cellular tower and you're given a frequency on your side and then we can communicate through the cellular towers and the network backbone telecom system this is a very similar problem you know right now we got a bunch of constraints a bunch of rules that have to be followed for Mm -hmm. a number of physicians and residents and pas and others uh, people working in the healthcare team to be assigned to you know uh, intervals shifts if, if i can call them for simplicity here yes it's a very complicated problem and what we i understood that was at that point in time, this is back in 2010, that there were solutions out there. There were big providers, uh, you know, sometimes part of EMRs and EHRs and sometimes systems that were HR-based that promised this, but they failed for two reasons. Number one, in fact, I could say maybe three reasons. Number one was that the engine that solved that mathematical problem wasn't really advanced enough. And that's, that's the sort of thing that I knew if I work on Given the expertise that I had in the lab in my research team, we could we could tackle it. A very tough problem, but we could we could tackle it for a subset at mm-hmm. least in health. The second part of it was the issue of usability, user experience, and I think that's one of the reasons a lot of EMRs came with the promise of making life better for physicians, and they ended up making it ten times worse True. because they're not very good systems to work with. Uh, the amount of time, the you know, extraneous cognitive load that it takes to manage yes. Epic or whatever, I don't want to mention any names, it right. could make your life worse than when you had paper mm-hmm. medical charts and such. So we were very sensitive to that, that if you're building something for healthcare, it has to be something that is easy, that from day one reduces the cognitive load, doesn't add to it, right? right? And the third part of it was affordability. 
there wasn't a lot of money in a you know uh, healthcare uh, system everywhere, right? A healthcare system in a big city, maybe they have the uh, the, the money that is needed for digital transformation. And uh, they go and buy, you know, a large EMR. But most healthcare units we were looking at, and in particular, in the context of medical residents that nobody seemed to care for, there wasn't a lot of money. So I, we knew that this, this solution has to be advanced technically, easy to use, and affordable. And that yeah. really became the uh, problem on the table. Can we build a platform that has all those three characteristics in it? And I'm happy to say, you know, 12 years later, we can say, yes, we have it. That's beautiful. And that's really inspirational because you can hear your core values through that message and, you know, of making it affordable, taking care of those that aren't really, doesn't have much of a voice, which are the residents, you know, they're just sort of the workers. Um, and, and just finding that, you know, having tired, overworked uh, practitioners in our healthcare system leads to more medical errors. So you're not just impacting the ease of scheduling. And I love the tagline fair provider scheduling in one click, you know, bringing harmony to, to the clinicians. And I mean, you really take care of them, but it's more than that. You're helping save patient lives, you know, because when they don't have to stress over how to get their shifts covered and how to understand math. And by the way, that sounds like a horrible kind of math that I never want to be <laughs> understanding. I don't want to be in that room on the math. <laughs> so can you design some kind of way to help me learn TikTok dances? Can you algorithmize that? I would love that. That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I love that you're really looking out of the box and helping this be not a problem that in the future, we can just have a click residencies and staff can have their shifts covered and everything is done. I think that is just incredible and, and something that is unnoticed as a solution. I don't think many people think of that as such a burden, you know? Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. That's what we've seen. And you're right on, uh, uh, Laura. It's just that people don't look at it for a number of reasons. So when we started looking at the business side of this, we started, first of all, we said, we're not going to build this unless we have a couple of health teams with mm -hmm. us as part of the team so that there are alpha users, beta users, and they tell us what they would use. So that's what Smart. the first thing we did. We we uh, talked to a bunch of residency programs. We ended up having three residency teams that volunteered to work with us uh, and build a system that would at least work for that. So that was really the idea of you know the second problem I was talking about, making sure that this is a very uh, simple and um, and a straightforward platform that you could just like using learning TikTok, you can just download the app and be able to use it um, in a right. couple of hours, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do to go through, you know, months right. of training. Days of training, right. Exactly. Right. So that's that's one thing we did. Um, and then um, the, the, um, the, the other side of this um, that was important, we realized that, uh, you know, when it comes to um, the issue of uh, how we design this system, uh, a lot of places thought that systems that are out there are not going to work for their specific processes. And the funny thing is that every healthcare team we talk to today, they think they're very unique and different, and they are. <laughs> and they always start by saying that in a demo that, you know, my, my, my scheduling of pediatric physicians and residents is very challenging. I don't right. think you can do it, but let me, let me see what you got. Mm -hmm. And then typically we go through about 20 minutes and at the end they say, wow, why did we not know about this? And that's exactly what our problem is because we don't have time um, 
to really do any marketing or sales. Right now, we're really growing with word of mouth, which is really the best way. That's to grow, awesome. Right? That is yeah. the best. Yeah. I mean, forget the, the social media algorithms or, or you know, advertising. You need the, the word of mouth that shows your product is really helping to change lives. And I'm chuckling because I feel like every healthcare system has that ego that we're a little different and we're special. And I'm saying this with my, my tongue and my cheek, but it's true. Like they want to feel like their problems are isolated. But as you saw in that symposium, I mean, the burnout and the the problems are, are you're seeing the pattern everywhere. You know, everybody needs needs to have this happen. How does this work when when you get the app or the, the platform? Tell me, walk me through how that looks. Absolutely. So so at the foundation of this platform and, and to be able to have a platform that is both customizable, that fits any special team, no matter how nuanced or different they are compared to everybody, everybody else. And at the same time, allow us to grow rapidly that we're not just a pediatric solution or OBGYN solution, that we could do any physician or resident group in North America. We had to do a lot of work and it took us years of research and back and forth. And the way the system is designed is number one, to understand that in order to come up with a good call schedule or shift scheduling structure, you need to ask questions. If you don't ask the right questions, you're not gonna get to the answer. And if I have the time, I want to tell you about the orange allegory. I don't know if you've heard of that, Laura. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a story that is used in negotiations or teaching how to negotiate well. But scheduling is a negotiation at the True. end of the day. You have a bunch of highly skilled people that are needed at, at the rate of 10 times. And they just have so much time to give so much of themselves to the point that they burn themselves out, burn their families. And, you know, we're pushing everybody to their limits. So uh, how do we make sure that they come up with a schedule that is fair to themselves and then to their patients and the healthcare systems they work for? So the allegory of orange, orange goes like this. And mom enters the room, Mary and Jack are fighting over a single orange. And mom says, hey, wait a minute, I've done some math in college. I understand game theory and I know what the best solution is. It says win-win solution. And the win-win solution in this context, coming from Nash equilibrium and the beautiful math behind game theory, it says one of you will cut the orange in half and the other one will get to pick which half he or she wants. They think about it. That sounds pretty brilliant. It's going to be fair. So then Jack volunteers to cut the orange in half, tries really hard to cut right in the middle. And Mary looks at the bo both of them, grabs one of them. And then what, what emerges afterwards is very interesting. You see Jack going to the corner of the room, peeling half the orange, throws away the, uh, the peel and enjoys half the fruit. Mary goes to the kitchen, orange uh, peels her uh, um, half of the orange, throws away the fruit to make jam from the peel. So we look at the, the story here, we realize mm. that the mom made a huge mistake. Only if she asked the question of, of what do you need from this orange, everybody wow. would get the entire orange, right? Oh my goodness. I've never heard that story. I've used that trick many times with three kids and had them cut things into threes, but I've never heard the full the full tale. That's really interesting. Right? So that's what we call in, in, in game theory or in Nash equilibrium mathematical analysis is called beyond win-win solution. The win-win solution is every negotiator's dream to get right. to a win-win where everybody leaves the table with a happy deal. This is what where you go beyond the happy deal when you talk. So we realized that there was no platform out there that just asked the question, Laura, what part of orange do you need? Right. What weekend, if you're supposed to do one weekend per month for this team, 
what is the weekend you would rather work? And what are the weekends you would like to be off? Because you have a skiing or something. And that's the kind of thing we implemented very early on in Mesh AI, where uh, the first part of Mesh AI is a system we call request management that allows every provider, every clinician to put in exactly what uh, she or he requires what they want nice yeah so your vacation is going there but you can put more than vacations what are the preferences you have for shifts and times of work that's revolutionary that's awesome awesome so that's the first part of it and then the second part of mesh ai the second pillar now is to have an engine now that can take all of those fancy requests from possibly tens or hundreds of people and be able to crunch numbers to find the schedule for a week or month or sometimes 365 days that makes your hospital or clinic or team happy, uh, your management happy, and at the same time, gives everyone in an equitable and fair fashion what they want. That's, I think, the secret sauce, our engine that, that's 20 years of academic research behind it. Wow. So that's-, that's the second part. Oh my gosh, keep going. <laughs> and so this is the second part. And with that, I'm going to tell you, introduce you to the third part. The third part of Mesh AI is based on the idea that life does not happen on schedule. Things change. You deal with this thing called the you know, global pandemic. Right. And that completely throws a wrench into your system. So you need to have a system that is adaptive and responsive. So we have built-in functionality such as Mesh Bazaar or Auto Suggester that you can quickly grab a schedule or a shift within a schedule and flip it and give it to somebody else with minimal interaction or cognitive wow. load, load to humans involved. So that's the, the third part, and that completes the entire picture for what we call Mesh AI. That's amazing. I would say it's a magic wand, really. Um, that would be my personal take on it. It's really a magic wand because. That is the hardest thing. Schedules usually just come out, you know, and you just see, and then you have the barrage of changes and you request and you, can I take this? Can I swap this? I mean, this still happens in our hospital, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then you get stuck with, oh, someone is, it didn't show up or is late or whatever. Now I'm taking this call and I had no idea, you know, and you've really thoughtfully the orange that that whole story is going to stick in my brain forever. And I love that idea of why don't we ask first and that can eliminate a lot of unnecessary redundancy of people's time being wasted because now you're making employees happier. You're leveling up their feeling of value being valued, which again, burnout is because you don't feel that you, your opinions matter, you're depersonalized, you have low perceived achievement, and you're exhausted. And you've pretty much helped a lot of these metrics by saying, we care about you as an organization. We're going to ask when you'd prefer to have time off. And then if something happens, we're giving you flexibility to be able to, you know, take care of this. And this is just really awesome. I, I wish I could gift it to every residency, you know, because I think that would really help residencies and hospitals and beyond. I mean, my goodness. Do you go outside of healthcare or is it mostly just healthcare? So interestingly, Laura, it's not it's not a day that we get a request on our system. Like I said, we don't do marketing. There are people who hear about Mesh AI, they Google it. Uh, sadly, there are two other platforms that have very similar names that copied us. They're doing different things, but they're uh-huh. close enough that I've had people that w- wanted to find meshai.io mm-hmm. that landed on mesh.ai, which is a human resource management platform that has oh nothing gosh. to do with you know medical scheduling or medical staff scheduling. But wow. having said that, People finally find our proper platform and then they come and ask, can I use Mesh AI? And if they're not within healthcare, our answer is no. Can we solve their problem? Can we do a scheduling of staff in your favorite restaurant, Laura? We can, 100%. It's the same mathematical problem. 
but we don't have the capacity right now. And uh, our mission has always been to add that 1% improvement to healthcare and making life better for clinicians, which leads, as you, uh, uh, as you mentioned rightly, uh, Laura, that impacts patient outcomes and cost of healthcare, access to healthcare, all yeah. those things follow suit, right? When you take care of clinicians. So for now, we do not support anything outside of healthcare. And even within healthcare, our, our approach is a very, very radically honest. Uh, we practice what we call radical honesty within the entire company. Love it. What that means is that when we meet somebody at the very, very onset, we tell them you're going to get 100% or 95% automation. If it's below 80%, we don't even serve them. I so love even that. if they say they want to buy it, we don't sell it. So that's the idea. I because respect we think, that. That's great. Yeah, because we just want to make sure that this promise of one-click scheduling or or very close to one-click scheduling is, which is in our mission, in our in our tagline, is truly uh, implemented and felt Correct. by our clinicians. So that's what we do right now. Um, and within that, our focus in, 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 in pandemic has been mostly doing physician and resident, resident scheduling. Mm -hmm. We do have a lot of nurses, entire hospitals, public health units on the system. That was our calling when at the beginning of the pandemic, Laura, um, we had nurses from public health units coming to us or hospitals that were launching their COVID-19 at the beginning was case management and contact right. tracing. And right. then later on, the vaccine became available. Sure. It was mass vaccination. When they asked us whether or not they could use the platform to manage the human resource side of that, we couldn't say no. In fact, we made the platform free for those oh, units. Wow. Because we thought this is one, one place where we have power to make a difference in this pandemic where everybody's paying dearly with their lives, with their time, with their wow. businesses. So we did that for a couple of months. And as a result of that, we had a huge number of uh, public health and, 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 and uh, nursing units that came on, but they're not our focus. Our focus right now is really uh, uh, resident scheduling and physician scheduling, because we think this is the place where we, we can create the biggest bang for the buck. Absolutely. And it's obvious you're very integrity driven. I love that your, you know, your values are, are in everything you do. You make decisions that are filtered through who you want to serve and it can be felt in, in the, the brochures that I picked up from the conference and our conversations. It's really something that's so exciting. Um, and I'm just so thrilled that I could meet you that you're bringing this type of catalytic change to healthcare. And I, I just think, yeah, I think everybody should be able to benefit, but I agree that if they don't benefit to the, to the intention that you have provided, it's wise to say, maybe you're not our best fit client. So is there any little litmus test that you'd recommend any listeners say, could they check themselves, you know, if they would be a likely candidate for Mesh AI? Absolutely, Laura. First of all, I have to say I am really fortunate to have met you also because not, not a lot of people connect with that messaging or, or associate. I remember very early on when I was launching this product, I had a meeting with the CEO of a hospital in Bay Area in my favorite cafe in Palo Alto. And after we had our coffee and had two glasses of Malbec, he opened up and at some point he said, in response to whether or not Mesh AI at that stage would make a difference, he said, I don't effing care that my staff would get their preferences. We have a hard work to do. It's a tough environment to be in and I pay them enough. They oh. better show up when I need oh. them to show up. That's heartbreaking. Um, so that's the sort, of, the sort of hospital system or healthcare system we do not want to help. 
right? Because, right? uh, you know, w- w- this is exactly what we don't want to do. This is not just another scheduler that is going right. to push people. Yeah, push people right. to do what, this is the idea that, you know, looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and as yes. you alluded to it, giving people a sense of control, a sense yes. of ownership, a sense of being valued and being a part of something bigger than just yes. going in and seeing a bunch of people and writing a bunch of charts. This is a big yes. thing, right? So Meshia is built on that, built on that foundation. So to that note, if this is the sort of culture that you would like to create in your healthcare team, be it a PGY1 resident who can now promote Meshai to PGY45 or attending position of the group or chief people officer of a hospital. If this is the sort of environment that you would like to create for your clinicians, we're a good fit. In terms of litmus tests, like we do not do any integrations at the moment. Uh, we asked that question at the beginning, would you like Meshai? Do you require Meshai to integrate with your EMR? The answer was almost a categorical no from the teams that we right. spoke with they said this is a different thing mm-hmm. i don't need this is managing yep. makes right? sense mm-hmm. so we so we get that every so often right now a team that comes in you know we want to integrate these with oscar or epic or cerner or the answer is that you know come back to us next year at this mm-hmm. moment we just don't have the capacity so uh, for a team that likes to do the scheduling text people's preferences request easily on our mobile apps or our easy to use web app and then somebody coming in clicking a button, going to have a cup of coffee and coming back and seeing the shifts fairly equitably distributed among that. people. And then looking at it. And then, by the way, we believe at the, at the other core foundational thing we have, Laura, we believe healthcare is a human-centered business and, and it will stay that way despite yes. AI and technology. Okay. So we don't want to ever remove the person out of this. Typically, our system works when a clinician is actually in charge of scheduling. And the mm-hmm. sad part is that this clinician right now is spending 10 hours on Sunday at the kitchen table uh, behind the spreadsheet. Right, right. We, cha- we change that to two minutes. But at the end of the day, Laura, you as a clinician, you will have the final say for the schedule that the machine generated uh, that you've looked at with your own eyes and you press publish yes. when you're ready. So that's, I think, a part that is uh, very important as well. We want to tell people you would yes. never, we, would, we do not take that control away. And we have a system that is explainable and observable by the clinicians. Oh, you so eloquently encapsulated your mission and your purpose, and it can be felt. It's very humanistic. I think you've you've incorporated Maslow's hierarchy of needs quite quite beautifully in that you're trying to give autonomy and agency back to those that need it desperately. And those little bits of feeling in control in an uncontrollable chaotic world can go a long way to vaccinate against burnout, you know, because that we need those tendrils of trust in our in our administrators and in our team. And when you work for a system that puts you first and says, we care about you, we want you to have the best you can as far as choice, then I can't see how this isn't a slam dunk. And I'm so excited that I met you because I'm hoping that with the work we both do and we share similar worlds, we can help people feel less burned out and more excited and getting into flow, you know, being in flow and loving what you do is that delicate balance of skills and challenge. And when you're muddied with other duties that don't even pertain to what you want to do, which is care for patients, and you're having to spend those 10 10 hours on a spreadsheet, you know, let something else do that for you so you can save that brain and have really a refreshed cognition so you can get into flow. And I want to thank you for all of that. You're gifting, I think, a lot of energy and vitality back to clinicians that need it most. Thanks for your kind words. I hope we can do that. It's, It's a big challenge ahead of us. 
Healthcare is very, very large and very complex. We understand that. So at this moment, we're just wanting to understand who it is that, you know, really um, uh, shares that viewpoint that you just uh, talked about. And we would, we would like to give them a technology because typically when we talk to people like that, they say, there's nothing out there that could help me. I like to give my staff the, the, the weekend they want, but I'm going crazy just dealing with vacations that I have to manage. Mm-hmm. Now, are you telling me I ask them for ref- preferences? We like to give those nice people, those empathic healthcare providers that are really not only helping their patients, but also understanding how valuable and important it is to take care of their clinical team to do better overall. We want to give them a tool to be able to do that better. Yes. Yes. You're really, yeah. It's a, it's like a benefactor. You're just paying it forward and it's awesome. Okay. Where can our listeners find you? Give me, give me a lowdown. Where can people connect with you? Absolutely. I think the easiest way is on our website. It's very, very easy to navigate, uh, learn uh, whether or not Meshia is a good fit for yourself without even having to talk to us, but we have a chat bot and bottom right of the page where you can immediately hop on a chat with a live agent or um, we have webinars week daily webinars at the moment actually you can wow. register for a webinar and come you know in a group group setting um, uh, see what Meshi I can do or as I say see under the hood of, yes. of this platform how you know in you know artificial intelligence in this case for us is augmented intelligence because we never take people out of it we like to tell people this is mesh augmented intelligence for clinician scheduling, see what that really means. And, uh, and if you think that you would like to see a demo, uh, you could just book a demo right on the system. Our demos are very low touch and easy. They're, they're conversations like the one I'm having with you. And in that, we just establish whether or not mesh AI is going to be a 10 X improvement to your current operations. And typically people that are coming from spreadsheets, manual systems, such as Amoyon or other things, they see that right away. And beautiful. And we go from there. And the beautiful thing about that, Laura, is that, you know, when people say, yes, this makes sense, uh, depending on, depending on what type of specialty they are, we might have to schedule them. That's, that's the sad part. Sometimes we schedule them two months out with certain specialties, because we have different teams dealing different specialties like pediatric, OBGYN, family sure. medicine, psychiatry, where we have higher capacity. So typically in a matter of days, we set up the, the, the setup for them, customization wow. for them. And then in a matter of a week later, the system is launched. So that's we could, amazing. Yeah. So demo to launch in less than two weeks. Again, oh that's, I think- a record right for how it is a record because yeah. especially with any kind of web or tech it's usually like building a house you know you feel like these old horrors of okay it's going to be weeks and weeks and months of waiting and that's crazy fast that's awesome yeah. very simple i think that, that was sort of one of the sacrilegious elements that we had that if this system ends up being a system that needs weeks of back and forth and discussion and chat and demos right. and webinars and in and out of the hospital or clinic Who's got the time for that? These people are already overburdened with, with the work they have. When we go and ask them for 10 hours of their time over the next two, two weeks. So it's built to really minimize that load for decision-making. And we also have brought the cost significantly lower compared to other products. This is a product that could be as low as 200 bucks a month. Wow. That's the cost of the system. So that's it, amazing. Yeah. Really so, affordable for residencies. Very affordable. Right. Yeah, and we, and this is a maybe sad part of it, but I'm going to share that with you. 
Um, we have medical units, residency programs where chief residents are paying out of pocket for MeshAI because they see the value. The um, organization doesn't have that in the current year's budget or is not right. interested in making life better for residents. And that's a sad part of the culture. And they say, you know what? The heck, 200 bucks, that's two fancy steaks. I'll, I'll pay for it so that I don't have to spend hours yeah. creating schedules and managing schedules. That's amazing. It's done by machine. Yeah. Wow. And I, I just, I anticipate that this is going to be such a tidal wave of great change. Um, we have all of your contact information in the show notes of the podcast, but I have one final question. Please. What do you like to do to play? We always talk about creativity and that catalyzes our best thoughts. So what do you do for play? Oh, I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> you might it's, like where do i things. begin <laughs> right yeah exactly so i i i am i'm a big kid uh definitely like to play and uh so that this is not as boring as i, I like to play with uh coding and uh, technology oh, but 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 the, the more fun part of it is i like I, I i like to play with my guitar i i do sports and i used to do competitive uh, latin dance so I still dance. I'm definitely not as good as I used to be, but I do Latin dance, ballroom dancing. And recently I started uh, tango and kizomba. Oh so I, those are, those are my play times. I'm not artistic like you. I know that you are dancing. Really is amazing. Oh, you're so sweet. No, I, I swear. Next time I come to San Francisco, I want, I want to see you in action, see you do some Latin dance. That would be awesome. Oh I hope goodness. so. I hope we get out of this Greek alphabet wave that yes. we've been dealing with for the past two years to be able to do it. I agree. I agree. Oh my goodness. Dr. Sharam, it has been a pleasure. I, I hope that we can connect again soon. I am so grateful that you're in the healthcare world and thank you for all you do for the, the broken clinicians as, as a result of your own personal journey. And I appreciate your sharing today. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's always a pleasure to meet people like you in the clinical world. Look forward to be able to support what you do, uh, spreading the word and supporting healthcare uh, the way you do. It's, it's absolutely a pleasure. Well, thank you. And thanks again for being on the Catalyst podcast. Till next time, keep catalyzing and coloring outside the lines. Thank you.